Hi, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 343 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing the ways in which social media influences our purchasing behaviors. Now, I should say right off the bat, when I set out to create this episode, I was interested in learning more about the ways in which subtle marketing cues enticed us to buy online. But as I researched, I learned quite quickly that the real crux of the issue is the newly emerging area of cyber psychology. Cyber psychology examines the influence of technology on behavior. And so today we're not talking so much about influencer marketing, let's say today. Instead, we are going so much deeper. We're examining the ways in which social media warps how we view ourselves and then how that warped view entices us to purchase. So we are going on a journey, my friends. We're hitting up psychology and sociology and 21st century technology along the way. Buckle up, buttercups, let's do it. We're on to part one. And part one is all about the ways in which social media influences our sense of self. It has long been theorized that we figure out who we are inside by being around other people. Your self-concept, so who you think you are, is highly influenced by how you perceive what other people think about you. We can thank sociologist Charles Horton Cooley for this insight circa the start of the 1900s. He coined the phrase, the looking glass self. Maybe you've heard of it. We perceive ourselves the way we think others perceive us. We make judgments about our core, about who we are on a deeper level inside, based on the way we think other people think about us. This, of course, leads to us having a positive self-image, a negative self-image, something in between. A looking glass, by the way, is essentially a 20th century old-fashioned way of saying a mirror, right? So pretend you're out to dinner with a colleague, You are unconsciously picking up subtle cues about yourself by regarding the way your colleague is responding to you. Here's an example. Maybe you say something witty and your colleague laughs. Or maybe you're trying to make a strong intellectual argument and as you're talking, your colleague is looking around the room. They seem completely disinterested. In the first instance where you're saying something witty and your colleague laughs, that mirror, that looking glass, shines back on you and you subconsciously are likely to internalize the fact that you are witty at your core. In the second instance where you're trying to say something smart and your colleague's not paying any attention, looking all around the room, the mirror that your colleague is holding up to you says or shows that you're not actually all that intelligent. You're not actually all that worth listening to. And so whether you know it or not, you're likely internalizing that message. Now, of course, we're going to come back to this point later in the show, but of course, your colleague could be looking around the room for reasons that have nothing to do with you, that have nothing to do with your level of intelligence. But your takeaway here is that your self-esteem 
is greatly influenced by how you think others view you. If you grew up always being told how helpful you are, it's likely you have internalized that message and believe at your core you're helpful and perhaps selfless. If you went through childhood and young adulthood and received cues from people in your life along the way that you are feisty or intimidating, this is the cues I got growing up, by the way, you may internalize those messages and step into those qualities. It is the classic chicken or egg scenario, right? Which came first, your core self or others' perceptions of your core self that you then stepped into? Whew, I know we're getting deep. I told you we're getting so much deeper than this. So stay with me. You're probably wondering, well, isn't this about social media? Where does social media come into play? Okay, I'm going to tie in 21st century living right now. Back in Cooley's time, of course, there was no social media. We learned about ourselves through face-to-face interactions with real, living, and breathing human beings, people we knew in our social circle, in our professional circle, who lived in the same town as us. You understand what I'm saying. But these days, we are having more and more interactions online. Not all our interactions, unless we just sit in our house and play online all day, but more interactions are online, okay? Now, here is the problem. If you are like the vast majority of social media users, you are not showing up, you are not presenting your true, complex, messy self on the internet. And no one else you're following is showing up as their true, complex, messy self either. So we tend to provide an idealized snapshot of our life. We show up with the best moments of our days, right? The pictures in which our kids are wearing nice clothes, they're smiling, their hair's brushed, their teeth are brushed as well. The photos when we're on vacation and we all happen to be in a happy mood. The photos of us looking our best with our hair blown up, with our hair blown up, with our hair blown out and our makeup put on during like a fancy party or a holiday, right? We are giving the internet the best of ourselves. And then we sit back and we wait for the validation, for the likes, for the comments, for the follows, for the reshares. These likes, these comments, these follows, they are the digital age's way of giving us feedback on how others feel about us. They are Cooley's looking glass. They are 2023's mirror. It's important to, of course, remember that other people are creating perceptions of us based on incomplete information. Because remember, you're showing the best of the best photos you post. You're not showing the photos of your child having a tantrum, kicking the wall, uh, leaving scuff marks on the wall, and I don't know, punching his sister before getting in the car for preschool pickup, right? You're not posting that picture. (laughs) You're not posting the picture of you in your pajamas with your messy bun laying on the couch eating ice cream. (laughs) So... The feedback you get from others on your worth, on yourself, online, are skewed. And at the same time, these distorted perceptions 
ricochet back onto you because they influence how you feel about yourself. Another way of saying that, a better way of saying that, is to say that these days in the social media age, the online mirror is a distorted funhouse mirror. Okay, so tuck that away in your mind. We're going to come back to that. Social media offers us instantaneous feedback in the forms of likes or dislikes, uh, in the form of number of friends, comments by strangers, blog followers, followers on other venues, right? We are diminishing a person's worth then to the size of their platform, the number of their friends, number of post likes, number of reshares. And then on top of that, we are internalizing that amount of worth or lack of worth into our notion of ourself. We're internalizing those messages into our core, whether we know it or not. We're also doing it in reverse because it is human nature to compare and compete. So when we see someone post something awesome, like maybe an old friend posts that they got this amazing new promotion at work. If you are like most people, you will feel happy for your old friend, sure, but you will also hold up that mirror of their promotion to yourself and you will have their promotion ricochet back onto you. You will wonder what their professional successes mean about you. You haven't been promoted. You're the same age as your friend. You're not playing at their level of success. So what does your friend's promotion say about you? That's human nature to compare and to compete. Humans, we are self-centered creatures generally, right? We tend to make everything about us, even if things have nothing to do with us. Your friend's promotion, first of all, you're seeing a snippet of their life, but your friend's promotion has nothing to do with you and says nothing about your core. So let's take this one more step. Social media posts, the posts you make, the posts friends make, the posts strangers make, they have the potential to deflate your self-esteem, of course, right? Social media drives these inappropriate social comparisons, like body image distortions are a big one. They're fueled by unrealistic thinness. Financial comparisons, you see other people living these fancy schmancy lives, going on these great vacations and they're a nice boat. Um, while you're struggling, such comparisons are human nature and they can foster feelings of inadequacy, of jealousy, and they can negatively impact your self-esteem. Okay, so social media can negatively impact your self-esteem. Social media, of course, can also inflate your self-esteem. How many times have you seen someone, let's say an influencer, absolutely blow up online and then completely lose themselves. There is an example of an influencer in sort of my realm, I should say, not naming names. I will never name names. But, uh, you know, she started out with a great message. The message gained and the message and her gained an absolute ton of traction. She absolutely blew up. She became famous. But her sense of self-importance also blew up with her rise to fame. And I don't think it would be inaccurate to say that she's currently plummeting back to earth. She's no longer all that relatable, in my opinion. 
She has really spiraled away from her original messaging. And again, I'm not naming names, but if you know who I'm talking about, you know. And it's truly, in my opinion, sad to watch, actually. It's quite sad. Okay, so social media can reduce your self-esteem. It can inflate your self-esteem. Social media can also aggravate your anxiety, especially for introverted people. Research has found that. And so I hope I've made the case that social media influences our perceptions of our self. In part two, I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to make the case that how we view ourself impacts what we buy and how often we buy it. We'll get there after a quick sponsor break. Nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that offers a full range of products designed to cover all of your garden and lawn needs. In years past, my vegetable garden, I neglected the soil and I didn't have much yield. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, your garden may not succeed. And so this year, I am so excited to cultivate the soil before planting the plants with Coast of Maine's organic products. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers, so next time you're at your local retailer, look for Coast of Maine products. Get growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you, coastofmaine.com. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. And we are back. We're discussing the ways in which social media influences our purchasing behavior. Before the break, I hopefully convinced you, I hopefully made the case that social media influences our perceptions of our self. We are on to part two of today's show where we're discussing the ways in which how we view ourselves, how we view our core, how we view who we are inside, how that view impacts what we buy and how often we buy it. Now, I should say before we get started that, well, a couple things. Number one, this is all happening at a largely unconscious level, okay? You don't know it's happening, but it's if you're like most people, it's happening to you, just like it's also happening to me. I should also say here that this is the part of today's show where we get uh, really deep, I have four points to make, and I want you to pretend that we are building a house. 
when you build a house, you start with the foundation, of course, right? You can't build floors one and two without a strong foundation. So first, we're going to build the foundation. Then we're going to go on to the first floor. And then we're going to go on to the second floor. The second floor, of course, builds off of the first floor and the foundation. And then we're going to add the roof. So four points today, and we're going to start with the foundation. It has been known within the field of consumer research, it has been long known, I should say, that shoppers feel better about themselves when they purchase items that they subconsciously link to aspects of their self-identity about which they feel insecure. I'm going to say that again because it's really deep. It is known, it has been found time and time again, that shoppers are going to feel better about themselves when they purchase things that are linked to parts of themselves that they're insecure about, okay? This is wholly due to the concept of self-repair. I'm going to give you some examples here because, again, this is deep and hard to understand, especially if you've never heard of this before. Okay, so Let's go on a journey. There is a hole in your self-worth. The hole might have started on social media. Something you've seen on social media might have created a little hole, a little tear in your self-worth. Or perhaps the hole started in real life. The hole can start anywhere, right? On social media, perhaps you... Uh, see transformation photos of people who have lost a lot of fat and gained a lot of muscle and they are looking so amazing. And you think to yourself, Ugh, why is it so easy for them to reach their fitness goals? And why is it so hard for me? What is wrong with me? So that's an example of social media creating a little hole in your self-identity, right? Making you feel bad about yourself. Or here's another one of social media. Perhaps you make an announcement, let's say on LinkedIn, of an accomplishment, of a professional accomplishment, and it just doesn't get the traction that you would expect it to. That lack of traction, that lack of positive feedback does ricochet back onto you. It very likely affects your mood, and it perhaps affects your self-esteem in a negative way. So the whole could also, of course, start in real life. Perhaps you got passed up for a promotion. Maybe you had a fight with your best friend and your best friend said something hurtful. Maybe you were having a conversation with someone face-to-face and you felt intellectually inferior. The point is, in real life or on social media, a whole has been created. An insecurity, a deep-seated insecurity has been poked and prodded. It is completely natural when there's an insecurity to want to repair it, self-repair. What is the quickest and easiest way to repair an insecurity, to repair a hole, to mend a tear? You guessed it. You buy something. When you are feeling feeble, let's say, or ineffectual, purchasing something luxury is known to boost feelings of power. So you're feeling feeble, (laughs) you're feeling ineffectual. It's been known that people who feel that way are more likely to go out and purchase a luxury car or a luxury bag. If you are feeling not quite as smart, let's say, as your peers, well, Perhaps, very likely, if you're like other shoppers, you will subscribe to a what you consider an intellectual magazine or you'll buy a 
book that people in the scholarly fields are known to read. So that's the foundation. Marketers understand the concept of self-repair. When you're feeling bad about yourself, when you're feeling bad about a part of yourself, you're likely to repair that hole, that tear, with a purchase because it's the quickest and easiest way to make you feel better about yourself. Okay, so that's the foundation. Let's move on to the first floor. So you have a hole in your self-identity. Your self-esteem is negatively impacted by something. And you're on social media. You are in a state of high arousal, which is just a fancy way of saying you're engaged. You're engaged with the content. You're paying attention. We just established in the foundation that consumption of certain products can restore your feelings of self-worth that have been damaged. Now let's add the first floor. Let's add to this by remembering that purchasing releases feel-good dopamine. Purchasing makes us feel good. So purchasing fills a hole in our identity and it makes us feel good. (laughs) Win-win. It is no surprise then that we as consumers can and tend to buy irrationally, right? Of course we buy things we don't need. The act of purchasing, so the action, not the thing we're buying, but the act of purchasing makes us feel good. It soothes negative emotion. It seemingly repairs what's broken inside. It doesn't actually repair what's broken inside. I think we all know that. But unconsciously in the moment, we think it's going to. So that's the first floor. Don't forget the dopamine hit. And now let's add on to that. Let's add the second floor. We're taking it one step further, another step deeper, because I know you can handle it. Let's use my example, my previous example of the body transformation photos, because for some reason, as of this moment, Instagram, my Instagram feed is absolutely inundated with these body transformation photos. So if you don't know what a body transformation photo is, it's a photo of a person, like it's a before photo and then an after photo. The before photo, you know, they, they're looking fine, but their after photo is where the action lies. They are cut, they are chiseled and muscled out and just looking so freaking good. Okay, that's a body transformation photo. There is this fancy thing on social media called an algorithm. The algorithm has plenty of data on the type of content I am interacting with. And that algorithm can use that data to infer my future decision making. So that is precisely why when in my moment of feeling bad about myself for not looking like these hot women in their bikinis in their latest transformation photos... Oh, would you looky there? There's an ad for a diet supplement or a protein powder or an exercise program. Would you look at that? Impeccable timing. It just seems like magic, doesn't it? In my moment of inadequacy, the solution to my negative self-identity, the solution to repairing my hole inside just magically pops up on my feed. It's like magic, but it's not magic. It's 21st century technology. Now, here's where the second floor comes into play in our house. Ready? 21st century technology creates the hole, creates your lack in your self-identity, and then 
It offers a product to fill the hole it just created. Powerful stuff, right? Wow. They create the hole and then they fill it with a thing. Okay, now we're going on to the roof. The roof is where things get really woo-woo. Are you ready? (laughs) Let's put the roof on by circling back to the beginning of our conversation today where we're talking about Cooley's looking glass, the mirror, right? We must remember, we must put the roof on this conversation by remembering that the hole, the crack, the tear, whatever we want to call it, the lack in our core that we're trying to repair with a purchase, it is a perceived crack made in a, here's the key, perceived core self. The mirror that social media and others in real life is aiming back at you is a fun house mirror. It is not revealing reality. Reality is distorted. Think way, way back to uh, my example earlier. You're out to dinner with your colleague and you're trying to say something smart and your colleague's looking around the room. You're taking that mirror and you're internalizing messages that you're not that smart, you're not that important, what you have to say isn't worth much, okay? But maybe your colleague is looking around the room because they saw somebody they knew when they walked in and they wanted to say hello. Or maybe they're looking around the room because they're worried they're not going to see their mistress. Or maybe they're looking around the room because, I don't know, X, Y, Z reason. It could and likely does have absolutely nothing to do with you. So why then would we internalize that message? Why would we then hold up that mirror to ourselves and internalize that message? Let's talk about the women in their body transformation photos. Let's remember that those women, those men, they are also only showing the best of the best. Maybe they've got a filter on there. They're likely not showing the behind-the-scenes struggles that they've endured on a daily basis to get their body to where it is today. They're showing the best of the best snippet. In the professional world, the same thing. You're not hearing about all the times your old friend who you follow on LinkedIn was passed up for that promotion. You're only hearing the best snippet, and then you're taking that snippet because remember, it's human nature. You're taking that distorted best snippet, and you're internalizing it. Again, whether you know it or not, you likely don't know you're doing it because this all happens on a subconscious level. Your core self, now here's the woo-woo part. Your core self, is it really who you are? Or is it just an amalgamation of other people's perceptions of you that you've internalized? Is your core self, this is as far as I'm going to take it, all right? So if you're lost, stay with me. This is my final point. Is your core self that has been wounded even worthy of being wounded? If it's not who you truly are at your core to begin with. Oh, I know, right? Wow. Something to ponder. Deep thoughts on a Thursday. I have a couple final words for you today. My first final word is that, of course, it seems to me that the most prudent action here is to step away from the feedback of others, whether it be online, whether it be in real life. So step away from other people's feedback and instead look within. Get quiet. Get to know yourself truly. And of course, that's not a quick or easy solution, right? A purchase is so enticing because it's quick and it's easy and it's fast and it's a 
It's instant gratification, right? But to get quiet and look within and to know thyself, that is years long, decades long, a lifetime worth of work. But the truth is, the more you know your true and actual and genuine self, the less swayed you will be by the perceptions of others and by consequence, the marketing of the sneaky little algorithms. Okay, now I totally know that that may be way too deep for you right now, and I totally get it. So if that is too deep for you at this moment in life, I instead ask you to ask yourself, are you receiving sufficient benefit from social media to make having your accounts worth it? I should say, you know, I've been kind of ragging on social media today, but social media is not all bad. For women especially, social media use seems to be related to slightly lower levels of stress. So the more pictures you share, the more emails you send and receive, the more frequently you log on to your favorite site, the lower your reported stress tends, not you personally, but women in general. Researchers believe that this phenomenon is due to women believing that they have higher levels of perceived social support when they're using social media, so they have a bigger village, essentially, and that lowers their stress modestly. By the way, if you're wondering, it's not the same for men. Men do not report any difference in stress levels when using social media. Okay, so if you're like most people, you're likely getting some benefit from social media. Perhaps you're a member of some groups on Facebook, let's say, that really do impact and improve your life. You don't want to delete your Facebook account because then you'll lose access to these groups. Or perhaps you don't want to delete your Instagram account because then you'll lose touch with your old college friends. It goes on and on. If that sounds like it rings true for you, be incremental about it, right? Maybe you just take a break. We just finished dry January in which tens of thousands of people took a break from drinking alcohol. Why don't we do a social media free February? It's just a break. It's not forever. It's just a break. If you delete your Facebook account the next time you, after your break, the next time you go on, everything's going to be exactly as it was. You'll be back in all your groups, I promise. Or how about another way of being incremental about it is to delete the social media apps from your phone and commit to keeping them off your phone. This might be hard, especially like to upload photos to Instagram, but it's an idea. And so today's eco tip is super aligned with what we're talking about today. It comes from Janice. Janice did write in our Facebook group. And yes, I do recognize the irony, by the way. I I like some irony, and here it is. Janice says that she does have rules for herself around social media, and she recommends an app called Stay Free. So the app is called Stay Free, and she has set it to block Facebook and Instagram use after she has used those platforms for a set number of minutes each day. When she tries to open the app after she's used up her time, there's a pop-up that prevents her from logging on. And she also says, Janice also says that she's been doing totally phone-free weekends, which I love. It's another incremental step towards taking a break, taking a break and reevaluating whether the benefits you receive from social media are worth it. So that's my totally woo-woo episode for you today. 
Show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 343. In this week's show notes, I have a bunch of further reading. So where did all the research that I cited in today's show come from? That's all in the show notes if you want to dive even deeper. If you liked this episode, so let me just say I love doing these psychology-ish episodes. I did study psychology in college. So this is like, I mean, this lights me up. If you like it, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me if you're on social media. Again, the irony. Come join us in our free Facebook group. It's a great group. We are discussing on Tuesday, green funerals. It's going to be really great, really good. Lots to think about there. I'll see you then. Have an amazing weekend. Maybe it'll be a social media free weekend and take care.